Welcome to the Wonder Women series of the Make Mom podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every week I bring you two interviews with female or non-binary makers of all sorts. Some of them are moms, some of them not. This week's guest for Wonder Women series episode 18 is Roxanne of Sweet City Life out of Canada. I really enjoy chatting with Roxanne. There are so many things that she really is enormously talented at. So I enjoy learning how she kind of got started in all of those different aspects <clears throat> and kind of got to dive deeper into her, her artistry. So I'm positive you will enjoy this episode just as much as I enjoy chatting with Roxanne. But before we hop into the episode, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Jeremy Spies of Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Lauren, Rasp File Designs, Sven, Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Amy, Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Bay, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing and continued support to help me produce two episodes a week. All right, with no further ado, here is Roxanne with Sweet City Life. Um, so I always start out my podcast episodes um, and we, we're, I'm recording right now, so just FYI, but um, okay. I, already, I always start out my podcast episodes with having my guests introduce themselves. Um, so I'm going to let you do that. Tell people who you are. Okay, so I'm uh, Roxanne Brathwaite. Uh, I go by Sweet City Woman. Uh, sweet is like apartment suite. Uh, I'm a maker, restorer, and uh, reimagineer. So uh, I make everything, anything. <laughs> and then, uh, I restore antique and vintage furniture. And I also like just taking found objects and making it into something else to give it a new life. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, before we get into like how you got started down that path, I want to uh -huh. go back a little ways to your childhood and ask, where did you grow up and what kind of things were you interested in as a kid? Sure. So who was sweet city girl? <laughs> Most of women. So as, as a kid, I mean, I grew up, um, I'm in Toronto now. So I grew up in Montreal, which is about uh, 500 kilometers. That's about 300 miles northeast of uh, Toronto. Um, I was very much a wanderer and an explorer. You know, I'd get lost in the woods for hours. Um, 
we used to live by a, uh, a river, so I'd go down there for a while and, you know, just get lost down there. Um, I was involved in sports, so I, you know, I played basketball, I did a little bit of track, um, I skateboarded, I rode my bike, I swam, um, uh, I figure skated, believe it or not. <laughs> and um, what else did I do? I was a bookworm, very much a bookworm. And what I really excelled in, really loved, and to this day is just making things, you know, I would make, um, you know, dollhouse stuff, I would make, especially, especially with found objects, just around the house, you know, and, um, you know, that's where I really found my joy. But in spite of all that, uh, you know, I had immigrant parents, they were from uh, the Caribbean, from Trinidad. And, you know, I wanted to be a doctor. And I know that made them very happy, <laughs> you know. And it was always, yeah, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a doctor. And I had this Nate, one of my best friends growing up, her name was Karen. And she, uh, her mom was just, you know, just hippie and, and very bohemian, you know, she had these beautiful boutiques on the wall and beautiful vintage furniture and, and just a, what I thought was a really beautiful home. And I, I remember she just looked at me and she said one day, you know, you're an artist. And I was like, what, what, you know, what, you know, that was like an insult to me. I was like, well, what are you talking about? I want to be a doctor. And she was like, no, no, you're, you're an artist. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't her, I would have been, you know, so offended. But she was really quite wonderful and influential in my life. You know, she introduced me to, you know, great literary works like James Baldwin. And and she was just quite amazing. Um, but she really opened my eyes up to um, this artist spirit, you know, in me. But in spite of that, you know, I, I just kept, kept on with the doctor thing until maybe about high school. Um, I was... Uh, I, you know, I took biology and I, I wasn't particularly good at it, you know, and I thought, okay, you know, I had to, I have to get rid of the, the doctor dream. And I started thinking about maybe business, you know, um, it's something that I did see, you know, around the, in, in my life. So I thought, okay, business. So my first year of university, um, I took some business courses um, wasn't very good at those either. And I just thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So when it came to close to declaring my major, I just kind of looked at all the courses. The most courses that I had were in art history. So I saw, okay, there, I would, I would get my degree in art history. And so I got my degree, but you know, if anybody asked me, you know, what did I have my degree? And I think I would just mumble like my own you know, because I just didn't know that it would lead to anything and it was worth anything. So one of my first jobs actually was uh, working with a, a fashion designer. And what that really did was open my eyes up to making your life or, or making a living being creative. You know, I was introduced to all these people like photographers and illustrators and um you know, people were, that were just immersed in the creative culture. And, you know, I'd go to their homes and, you know, they would live in these these authentic lofts, you know, in the industrial part of Toronto, you know, which 
is is ironic and sad that you know they can't afford anything in Toronto um, now in those areas. But you know, I just thought, okay, this is my tribe. This is where I belong. You know, I just love this. So I I went back to school actually, and I studied um, graphic design. And one of my first jobs uh, after I studied that was working at a, a magazine. So I worked there for a few years. And, but all the while in the background, I would always be working on furniture. You know, I'd, I'd drag home curbside finds and stuff and fix it up. And I remember they were giving away um, this cabinet at work and I took it home and I fixed it up. And I just loved it. You know, furniture was just always something I loved. And, you know, I thought, you know, years ahead, I'm just skipping a little bit ahead. I thought, you know what, I want to learn how to restore and upholster furniture more professionally. And, you know, I was looking around, looking around, and I would call up institutions and they would say, no, we don't teach that anymore. You know, it's kind of a dying trade. I thought, oh, that's, you know, that's such a shame. So I remember going online and then looking up, you know, upholsters. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe somebody will take me on as an apprentice, you know. So I remember finding two people. Uh, one woman, she was some kind of, uh, you know, uh, wizard in upholstery and, you know, very respected in the field. And then I find out that she passed away and I thought, oh, okay, on to the next person. Um, I emailed this other guy, never got a response. So I thought, okay, maybe this is not, <laughs> you know, this is not going too well here. So um, one day, my one of my best friends, Darren, he, he invited me to this uh, networking event. So I, I go there and a young lady gets up on stage and she's, you know, in the beginning of the event, there's a period, uh, a part where people can pitch their, you know, businesses or, or ideas. And this young lady got up and she started talking about her, her father and her stepmom um, who owned this uh, furniture restoration and upholstery company. So I thought, okay, I'm going to block all the exits. I need to get a business card from this woman. And um, sure enough, I got a business card and that was, that was on Friday. So Saturday now, <laughs> I, I, you know, I live downtown. You have to understand where this upholstery shop is. So, you know, I get on a bus and then I transfer onto a subway and then I transfer onto a, we call it the LRT, light rail train. And then I get on another bus and then I walk <laughs> and I finally come to this, uh, you know, Burcraft uh, furniture restoration and upholstery company and there I meet Berkeley and Pam and together they have about 80 years worth of experience in the upholstery and furniture trade and I said uh, would you like to take me on as an apprentice and they said hey if you're into it like sure come on by you know so that was in 2014 and I've been going every Saturday since uh, save for the COVID lockdown, but uh, they have taught me everything I know about the trade, and um, they've also become part of the company that I formed, uh, which is Hollis Newton. So uh, that's how uh, Sweet City Woman uh, became. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have to ask: Are you still taking a 
bus to a subway to the train to a bus and walking to get there every Saturday? Two hours sometimes, Saturday, both ways. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I probably, I'm just very, um, you know, I'm a germaphobe. You know, I, I hate <laughs> public transit. And now with the COVID, I hate it even more. But um, just because I love it, you know, it's 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 something that I, I just have a passion for. You know, I just find myself out there every Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Pam and uh, Berkeley are just wonderful people. They become like family. So. So, yeah, I travel. I do that. I do that every every Saturday. <laughs> um, so I do. I also want to ask, like, what did your parents think when you changed your major to uh to art history and then uh graphic design later on from from the original you know wanting to be a doctor and understanding uh immigrant families I mean doctors lawyers those are the things right that they want want kids to become right so you know I to tell you the truth, I don't even think they know. <laughs> you know, they know that I graduated. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I think uh, you know. I was, I guess, you know, looking back, I just wasn't one of those kids you had to worry about. You know, I was just really, um, you know, self sufficient, and you know, I, I never really got into any kind of trouble, or so I, I just, I just think they probably just figured I would find my way. Um, you know, I'm sure they were a little disappointed that, you know, they don't have a child that they can say is a doctor, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm proud of them that they, you know, they came to this country. My dad put himself through school. He, he, um, he became, uh, he studied business became a, uh, an accountant, but there was always, once the weekend came, you know, it was the dad jeans, it was the tool belt, um, you know, so there was always that duality to them. So I think they, they had a, at least a small appreciation for me being creative mm-hmm. and industrious. So, um, yeah, I have to give that to them. What do they think now, now that this is like your business? Well, sadly, my dad passed away um, in, in 2004. Um, my mom, uh, you know, she's getting up there. She has a beginning stage of dementia, but she does, um, she does acknowledge it. She does, um, she's quite proud of it. I remember once I saw, I had sent her a picture. I just printed out uh, a picture of, uh, of me working, uh, on a piece and, and the finished piece. And, uh, you know, she's not, uh, internet savvy. So I had to print everything out and send <laughs> right. it in the mail. And uh, so when I went to, to see her, she actually had it stuck up on the wall, which I thought was kind of, which is kind of nice. And um, I actually named the company after two of my uncles on both sides. So uh, Hollis is her brother, her eldest brother. So she's also quite proud of that. So, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, so that's quite nice. So she's, she's proud in her, her, her own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So is this is Hollis like the full time is are you full time with the business? Well, um, I, I do. I 
I have a hard time breaking down like full time and part time, you know. So <laughs> I would say like nine to five. I I work for a company where I do graphic design. Uh, uh, five oh one to uh, bedtime. Uh, I work on uh, my company. So okay. <laughs> and full weekends. So so I think it, it it's just a split mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, one pays the big bills. <laughs> And uh, one feeds my soul and these mm-hmm. uh, little, little, little tiny bills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming the dream is that, uh, that uh, Hollis will, will take over and become the full-time gig at some point. Uh, you know, I have to be careful who's listening. So uh, let's just say, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go where it takes me. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the most part, I mean, you're still, like you said, you're doing find objects and, and you're still doing the, like the reupholstery type work. Right. Um, right. And I mean, you have quite a few, like I said, so, somebody recommended your, your page to me and I just kind of fell down the rabbit hole of what you were doing and the, like the one chair with the black. And I think it's like the feather, feather. Ah, right. I'm in, I'm in love with that chair. That chair ah, is like that's awesome. <laughs> that's Maxine. I named it after my cousin. <laughs> so what is like, where do you get your inspiration to go to a place like that? Right. Cause there's, there are people who are reupholstering and stuff and I've seen like maybe bolder fabrics chosen or something like that, but like, you know, taking it to another level, I would consider that like another level of design. So where are you getting your inspiration from? Uh, You know, I think inspiration comes from, you know, anywhere, actually, you know, Um, I could just be walking down the street and see, you know, a pattern on a grid on one of the utility uh, holes. So I, I think it comes from everywhere. I definitely, you know, I'm on Pinterest, on Instagram. I try not to be too influenced about what other um, furniture designers and upholsters are doing. So I might even look to fashion, you know, for mm-hmm. inspiration. So um, I just try not to limit myself uh, when it comes to um, what inspires me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a lot of books. Um, so I, I, you know, I just, I'm a believer in everything that we've come across. We kind of archive in our mind somewhere, <laughs> you know? So when I'm ready to work on a piece, I just kind of go through my, my little, uh, mental, um, catalog card or, you know, whatever that is. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay. anywhere and everywhere. All right. How does your style differ from, um, who you're working with on every, every Saturday, you know, what's your style compared to their style? Well, um, I guess, you know, I, 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 I made a, a brand, the Hollis Newton brand. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I can't describe it maybe in words, you know, maybe like a mood board would probably be more appropriate, but um I definitely use uh, leather in all my pieces. Um, I just think it's, uh, you know, it just adds a little bit more to the piece and it, it gives it longevity. You know, I think what leather is a material um, 
that once you take care of it, it would outlive you. You know, it's something you can pass on to your grandchildren. And, and so I choose it for that reason. Um, but the, the shop that I, that I work out of, um, you know, they're, they're strictly service. They do the service upholstery where I'm totally retail. You know, I, mm -hmm. I take something, I fix it up, I turn it out and make it for sale. So, uh, so that's one big, one big difference. So, okay. mm -hmm. um, I, I totally agree with you on the whole leather aspect. Um, I'm starting to, <clears throat> when I've only dipped my toe into upholstery a couple of times and nowhere near, uh, proficient or, or good at it yet, but um, that is one of the things I hope for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, have you, like, have you shared your skills then with others have you, as you've grown uh, your skill set? Have you shared, um, like, the um, how-to of it with others? I, you know what, I haven't shared the how-to so much. Um, I think there's wonderful uh, teachers out there on YouTube and such. Um, I didn't think I was quite at that level yet. Um, what I was interested more in was teaching people about um, the actual pieces. So the, the, the art history of it, you know, and I, I thought that would add to people just connecting with the piece a little bit more and appreciating it a little bit more. So that's where I've um, focused my energy. Uh, maybe one day I will, but um I'm not so much of a, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really not selling the, the, the do it yourself aspect of it, mm -hmm. uh, at least for the Hollis Newton brand. Now, Sweet City Woman, on the other hand, uh, that's the maker side of it. Um, you know, maybe it's something to consider. Um, I never think I'm, I'm that good at upholstery. I mean, I get a lot of help from Berkeley and, uh, and Pam. Um, leather is really tough you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, so I do need, you know, the help. I, I do, uh, accept all the help from Berkeley <laughs> on, the, on those things. So he's really the master. So yeah, it's, I'm, I, I'm not totally opposed to it, but, um, you know, maybe one day or maybe I'll, I'll do, um, you know, maybe some of the miniature stuff, you know, mm -hmm. maybe I'll do some, incorporate some of the the instructional stuff with the miniatures yeah that's a perfect segue for me because that's what i wanted to talk to you about next was the miniatures um the other part of your your uh you know sweet city life feed that i'm in love with is all of your miniatures so thank you i i gotta for first like why you know, why come up with that idea? I love them, but why the miniatures? Uh, what drove you in that direction? So what drove me in that direction? I probably have to go, you know, return a little bit to my childhood. Um, growing up, I had three dollhouses. So I had like this, um, you know, kind of ranch style uh, bungalow. Mm -hmm. And then for one Christmas, my mom took this box and she made a dollhouse and she just took like that tack paper, you know, um, that you put down in your, your cupboards and she took two different types. So one had like this kind of faux brick design and then the other one had this wood 
grain kind of design. So she made the, the brick on the bottom and then the wood frame of uh, the wood uh, grain on the top. She cut out a window, just a regular box. Mm -hmm. I loved it. You know, it's one of my most memorable gifts. And then the third one was just a box that I found and it had like this divider in the middle and I just turned it on its side and it became like my, you know, my brownstone walk up with complete with the uh, rooftop patio, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I just loved um, making furniture. I didn't have enough furniture to furnish all three. So I would just make furniture. Uh, back then we called it dollhouse furniture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, fast forward, uh, actually just before the COVID lockdown. So we're talking like maybe February. Um, I just came across this um, website or, you know, maybe something on Instagram. And I saw this uh, artist that was putting miniature furniture in a bookshelf, you know, they're just unconventional spaces like bookshelves. And I remember it was, uh, there was one, like, I think maybe in the kitchen cupboard, you know, and I thought, Oh, that is so cool. Like I don't need a full dollhouse to do, to do this. I really want to get back to this. So, uh, with the COVID lockdown now, all of a sudden I had all the, this time, all the Saturdays and Sundays, you know, um, that normally would be in the shop and the upholstery shop. I was at home now, so I still wanted to be constructive and, and keep, keep working on stuff. So I thought, okay, this is perfect. So I just started making a few little pieces, you know, and I showed some friends on, you know, uh, uh, online and stuff. And they thought, oh, they told me, oh, that, we love it. You know, it's so cool. So I said, okay, I'm going to keep going. So I just made like a full room. And to tell you the truth, I wasn't even going to post it on Instagram because I thought, is this a good fit here? I don't even know, you know, it's this all, is it, you know, is it on brand, you know, what's going on here? So, so I did post it and, uh, and I did a little blog article on it and, uh, yeah, people just really loved it. And I thought, Oh, this is so great. You know, it's just so nice to get that feedback. So when I finished the first one, I thought the COVID lockdown was still in effect. So I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't even know what to do with myself. So, I just went on and I did another suite, you know, and this one was even, I liked it even better, you know, and, uh, you know, and I started posting uh, work in progress stuff and people loved it. I thought, Oh, this is so great. I really love it. People are loving it. So, so yeah, that's how I, 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 I got into it. It's here to stay. I've bought about, I don't even want to tell you how much I spent on tools and materials for miniatures. So it definitely compares with full scale, you know, full scale uh, material. So, so I think it's, it's, it's here to stay. I've added it to my wheelhouse. Um, I want to take it, you know, maybe to the next level. I did buy and, oh my gosh, I bought uh, a Glowforge. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a glow, uh, uh, laser cutter. It took me about a month to get it out of the box and set it up. I had to... So in this room, it used to be, you know, bad. It was kind of more like my guest room and stuff like that. <clears throat> no more guest room. Nobody could stay here because the glow forge is in here now. So um, haven't plugged it in yet. I need to hit a vent. I'm going to hopefully do that this, this weekend. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to start using uh, the glow forge to cut some miniatures. 
I still like doing a lot of things by hand, so I'm gonna I'm gonna still do a lot of that. But uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I just love making miniatures. <laughs> yeah, I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah. Hey, makers! Do you know Lauren of Rasp and File Designs? Well, if you don't, you should definitely go check out her work. You can find her on Instagram, Rasp File Designs. Lauren is making all kinds of cool furniture and home decor pieces out of live edge uh, hardwoods and metal bases. Um, that's not all she does though, so you should really go check her out and see what she's up to, especially as holiday seasons are coming up. And I know all of us makers really enjoy making our own Christmas presents, but perhaps you're running out of time, so you want to maybe go check out Lauren. She's in the D.C. area, so especially those who are close uh, location-wise to her. So go ahead, go check her out at Raspfile Designs on Instagram, and let's get back to the episode. Hey, makers. Today's episode is brought to you by Tool Mom and Company, or some of you know her as Tool Mom Bonnie. Uh, she has all kinds of tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing for all ages and genders available at toolmomstore.com. I have two of the coffee mugs. One says, Go Girl, and it has a circular saw with flames coming off the back, which is super sweet. And then the other one is the definition of a tool chick, which just makes you feel kind of badass when you're drinking out of it. So if you are in the market, especially as we're getting close to Christmas, for any tool-related merchandise, be that gifts or clothing, make sure you head on over to toolmomstore.com. And extra bonus, you can receive 20% off at checkout if you use the coupon code MAKERMOM. All right, let's jump back into the episode. Do you think, like, uh, do you utilize it to... um work through design ideas at all for like newer new pieces as as far as upholstery work and stuff hmm. oh that's a good question um not so much in that i'm thinking oh i'm gonna do this in mm-hmm. full scale at some point but it is it is nice to go through the creative process the same way that i would on a full scale item Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether that's, you know, doing little sketches and just really building it out of my head, you know, I live in my mm-hmm. head a lot. So um, a lot of things get built there before I actually go and, and build it. So I do that with the full size stuff. I do it with the miniature stuff. So the, yeah, the creative process is definitely the same mm-hmm. for the two. Okay. Yeah. Have you had anyone approach you about buying your your miniature suites? Well, interestingly enough, I the after I did the first one, um, I was approached to do a commission, a commission piece. So and it and it's it's taking up so much of my time. Um, I mean, you know, they appreciate art, so luckily, you know, they're they're paying for it. But um, yeah. The, it's due sometime uh, mid December. My target date is end of November, but uh, yeah, that's a, the commission piece uh, that I'll be doing. And then um, 
I actually got accepted into an art exhibit. Uh, it's called Design To that's held every year in January. So I'll be exhibiting three uh, miniature suites. And in each, I'm going to address some social issues that have kind of been exasperated with COVID lockdown. So, mm-hmm. um, so yes. Yeah, so hopefully, maybe that will lead to more commissions. Maybe I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I'm 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 happy and proud of the the way it, the direction it's it's kind of going. I might, you know, I'm also thinking of maybe doing some pieces uh, for sale. Maybe getting a little um, online store going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll collaborate with another artist, uh, one of my friends, uh, to help me out on that. So, uh, yeah. So look out for that. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Definitely, we'll look out for that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, you kind of touched on the the three suites and addressing um, social issues. Um, <clears throat> I did want to ask, I mean, especially on the upholstery side um, and kind of the refurbishing of furniture side, um, how does that space feel for you, you know, um, (laughs) being, being a woman of color in that space? Like, I don't imagine that that's very frequent yet. Um, But how does that feel to be you in that type of space? Well, you know, um, there's actually, I I follow a few upholsters, many upholsters. um, And many of them are women of color. (laughs) You know, I, uh, they do excellent work, like just amazing work. And um, so we're not... You know, we're not lacking in numbers. I think we're just lacking in representation um, outside, you know. So, you know, I can watch, you know, HDTV for hours and not really see, you know, um, myself or uh, anybody that looks like me. So, um, you know, I, and I think that's, you know, that that's where the problem lies, you know, mm-hmm. that we're out here, but we're just not represented anywhere else. You know, we do good work. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you just don't, you just not seeing us, you know, mm-hmm. I think, uh, what happened, um, uh, shortly after, you know, the black lives matter protest happened, uh, you know, starting maybe in June is that uh, a lot of the mainstream media was reaching out to, uh, people of color creatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was nice to get some kind of acknowledgement or recognition. Um, but I haven't seen anything that came after that. You know, I, I did get, um, I did get approached by, um, some TV producers, um, but nothing else. And, and, you know, that's not to say like, you you just never know, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe I didn't fit what they were looking for, or maybe, you know, and I don't take it, you know, personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like still to see somebody who looks like me get that spot to, you know, yep. just so there's, uh, you know, representation out there, you know, so I think we need to see that. I want to see, I want 
little black girls to see somebody like me uh, with power tools or somebody mm -hmm. being creative and making their living out of it. Uh, I think that's really important to see. You know, I didn't see that growing up. Um, I think it's important for other little girls to see. Yeah. And boys, you know, and so. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Uh, you know, just like I saw um, on like Instagram in the kind of creative maker community, like in June, you know, everybody recognizing that this, that the issue of representation is there. Like you said, there's, you know, plenty of, of, uh, women like yourself, either, you know, doing upholstery work or, or just being a creative in general. <clears throat> and you've been sharing your stuff, but nobody's been intentionally like looking for you uh, to help provide that, you know, to amplify your voice <clears throat> until, until June. And then it felt as somebody who looks like me, a white person and watching this, it felt like, oh, great, like you shared these people, these wonderful people, but now you've moved on to like your regular, you know, day to day. Um, and, it, and it felt sometimes di uh, disingenuous, right? Like, sure. oh, I need to hop on this wagon and check off the box to show that like, oh, I'm not racist because I'm exactly. sharing all these, these right. other accounts. Um, <clears throat> And that's where I push people who do look like me to say, no, this is, I mean, this has been an issue. It's an ongoing right. issue. Um, it's been an issue probably since the beginning of time where we right. judge people yeah. based on the color of their skin um, and, and don't, uh, and don't help amplify your voices. Um, right. And so I, I've, I've been saddened to see that some of that has fallen away because I think that we need to keep pushing for that and uh, keep allowing opportunities, like you said, you know, to get more representation, um, especially in the bigger media, right? And right. Like Absolutely. you said, like television and stuff like that. Like, let's see, let's see things start going more and more in that direction. So that yeah, so that black girls can see like, oh, there's, you know, people who have interests like me as grownups, and that's something I can go do. Sure, absolutely. Yep. Do you feel like that played a role in when you said like your friend's mom said, hey, you're an artist, and you were just like, no, no, I can't be an artist. Like, do you feel like that played some of a role that because you didn't see that representation? Uh, I, I would say yes. I think um, that was part of it. Definitely, you know, my parents' views, uh, you know, and this was just implied. It wasn't really said, but, you know, I think for them and, and many other, you know, parents, whether they're immigrant or not, you know, uh, for my parents, definitely artists was, you know, those are the people who sold crafts to tourists, you know, at the side of the road. <laughs> you know, that's not a respectable um, vocation. So, so part of it was uh, my parents, societal. Um, uh, yeah, I just didn't. Uh, I just didn't didn't see it. You know, if I had seen, uh, you know, a black artist, like that would have just been boom. I would have just, you know, I right. just think, wow, you know, that's great. So uh, it would have made a it would it would have made a difference, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I mean, and you growing up in Canada as, as somebody from the States, I see Canada as progressive, but, um, and, and, and being a place of, uh, I should, I should quantify that further. Being somebody who grew up knowing I was gay and that was very much not accepted <laughs> at the time I grew up in the U.S., I looked to places like California and Canada as like places that were accepting <laughs> of that, you know, where it would right. be like, okay. Um, so, but I have had other, um, especially Black women from Canada on and learning that on the podcast and learning that the issue of race, though, is still very much similar, would you say, to the U.S. in, in representation and, and such? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, in the U.S., I think just everything is just amplified, you know, mm -hmm. and very much in your face. Um, in Canada, you know, we definitely have a lot of work to do with the indigenous population, with, uh, you know, Black lives. And we have all the issues, but I think because most of us, most of us are, are immigrants here, you know, and I'm not just talking about, um, you know, replacing the indigenous culture mm -hmm. and lives that were here, but um, most of us just a generation back, you know. So we're all kind of growing together a little bit. Um, I think we're just a little bit more accepting in our society. Um, and I actually think being your neighbor um, actually helps us to learn what not to do sometimes. <laughs> you I think know, that is a very fair statement. <laughs> exactly. Like looking into the crystal ball, okay, what would happen if, you know, we do this? <laughs> look to the south. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I always, I have a lot of cousins that live in, in the States and a lot of friends and, uh, you know, they, they always say, you know, if it wasn't for the weather, we would definitely be there. <laughs> so, I totally get that part because, uh, yeah, if, it, if the weather was nicer, you know, and, and I live in Toronto, which is, you know, quite close to the, it's actually more south than some American cities. Yeah, and yeah. So, uh, you know, the weather, it's cold, but it's not like deep freeze, you know? Right, right. So, um but, but yeah, where you grew up, it was probably pretty cold, right? Yeah, Montreal is, yeah, we get the chill over there. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if it was nicer, you know, the weather was just, you know, even if the, the, the summer was just a little bit longer, this, or the winter was a little bit shorter, it would just be utopia, you know, I would just love it. Um, not a big winter fan, but, you know, I do love wearing boots. So I have these <laughs> great pair of uh <laughs> Those boots that come up my oh I just love them so um I uh <laughs> yeah other than the weather it's it's a pretty decent place you know I can really um find my my niche here mm -hmm. um but uh yeah we just have all the same problems but just a little bit downsides yeah gotcha so, gotcha mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now I don't know if you're able to sh share uh on the podcast yet or not about what issues you're trying to address with your three suites for your uh artist show okay sure yeah i'm still working through it but uh the three issues that i thought were 
kind of on the increase with uh, COVID lockdown, um, definitely uh, intimate partner abuse, uh, child abuse. And the third one was police interaction with people struggling with mental health. Mm. So um, I thought to, you know, I have people's attention with the miniatures, you know, I just love watching people watching miniatures, you know, like their mm -hmm. eyes just kind of move throughout the space. And, and I thought, okay, this is a good opportunity maybe to address some of these issues, not address them, but uh, just spotlight them a little bit, yeah. maybe yeah. give people um, to think about them differently. You know, um, homes are traditionally our haven. They should be a safe space, but they're not for everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I want to look at. Those are some, I mean, very important and definitely increasing issues because of the lockdown of, of COVID. What is, I guess, your, how did you gain awareness of that being such an important, those being important issues? Well, I remember having a conversation with one of uh, my friends um, on the onset of COVID and you know, we were just talking about all the crimes that would be increased or decreased, you know, how COVID would affect certain crimes, you know, and definitely one that really concerned and saddened me was uh, domestic partner abuse and uh, child abuse. You know, I thought all these poor children that are home and, you know, often teachers are kind of like the front line. They're the ones that report child abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, you know, this is just uh, this really a sad situation for a lot of children. Uh, domestic partners abuse also. You know, they they who do they reach out to in that point? Do they can they just go to a shelter? You know, right. I don't even know. So uh, I thought this was um, this was quite sad. So we we were discussing that, and then there was a couple high profile um, incidences where uh, police have. Uh, entered the home of people um, struggling with mental health issues. And often it was the families that called the police. And what happened was the, the, the um, person suffering with mental health ended up either being shot. There was two cases where they were being, they shot, they were shot. And the third case, a woman, uh, she, um, she jumped off the balcony. Uh, there was no, they don't know what happened there, but it, resulted in her her death uh so i don't want to i shouldn't say she jumped out of the balcony we don't know right. that right. was the result of the investigation but uh right. it resulted in her death so those all happened this summer you know in, in toronto just in toronto so mm -hmm. uh i thought you know what i i i have this medium um and i just don't want to make beautiful things you know for people just to smile at you know i just want people to maybe take another look you know and uh and just give it some some thoughts some consideration maybe it'll move them to 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 reach out or just be more aware mm -hmm. of issues of that, like that so um so yes uh my my suite number two actually uh, i don't know if you saw but uh so i right after I completed my first piece, uh, it was just the end of May. So uh, the Black Lives Matter protest started and uh, 
I wanted to just pay tribute to Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and uh, Ahmad. So um, I just felt it was something I had to do. You know, I just, I just felt, how do I work through this? Mm -hmm. um, and people are suffering and people are just so sad about these things. You know, I'm sad. So I just kind of incorporated it into my work, you mm -hmm. know, and that was a way, that was a way of coping for me. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, I would say it was a rough, <clears throat> it was a rough time for a, a lot of people to watch and try to work through emotions around that and, wanting to take action, right? Because action always, I feel like some sort of action always makes us feel better. Sure. We can feel like, okay, we're doing something about it. We see this right. <clears throat> horrible thing. What are we going to do about it? Um, <clears throat> so I love that you're working through those things with, with that medium in particular. Like, I feel like you can tell a big story in a tiny way, right? I mean, you've got, right. it's a miniature suite, but you can really tell a lot uh, right. working through that. Sure, sure, definitely. Um, not to totally switch gears, but I did want to ask quick about like, um, you know, you said like with your upholstery work and, and some now with your, with your miniatures getting into the retail side, like, when you're doing your upholstery work, are you making your own designs and then you put it out there for sale? Are you working with commissions? Like, how are you moving that along into the retail space? So after I design a piece and finish a piece, um, I make it available online. Um, you know, ultimately I would love like a, a a studio or some kind of workspace where I can display some of the, the pieces because, you know, furniture, a little bit tricky, you know, I know people do buy things online, uh, furniture online, but uh, I think for these pieces, it's always a bit of a challenge because people, you know, they want to see it, they want to feel it, they want to sit on it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get that part. So uh, right now it's online, you know, maybe, um, in the future, when COVID is behind us, hopefully uh, I can start looking at maybe doing some kind of, uh, you know, some pop-up shops, um, mm -hmm. you know, but ultimately uh, a studio or retail space uh, would be, I'll be open to that. You know, that'd be wonderful. So, mm -hmm. um, is, each, is each piece unique? Like, is it even possible to recreate you know, yeah, that's, that's a good question because I do acquire the uh, the actual uh, furniture um, in its original state from the secondhand economy. So you know, estate sales, uh, auctions, mm -hmm. uh, online classifieds. So getting two of those, you know, first of all, is quite difficult. And then the second thing, you know, as an artist, I, I kind of have, uh, I just hate doing the same thing twice. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, uh, once I, once I finish something, I just break them all and start all over again. I just, uh, there's just something about my, how my, I'm wired, uh, that I just don't like doing things twice, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I do enjoy that part of it. I do try and do everything original. 
Now, if somebody said, you know, like a big high profile, I don't even know what I would do. If somebody <laughs> said, hey, you know, um, I love this, but, you know, I want two of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I probably have to make my decision on the spot. Um, one of the things I also use scrap leather. So, you know, sometimes it's the only piece left, right. you know, and uh, so it'd be hard to reproduce it that way also. So um, I don't know. I, I enjoy doing one of a kind stuff. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask, this is totally a, a personal and selfish question. Where do you find your scrap leather at? Because I like really have, I have never worked with it, but that is something I guess like I have a secret love for of wanting to like find that very worn, but nice, like old piece of leather to work with. Right. So the shop that I like where to go. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know it's hard Um, and it can be expensive sometimes too. Um, So the shop that I work out of, uh, they specialize in leather upholstery. Okay. So every time they do a, a, a project, uh, usually there's a lot of leftovers, not a lot, but sometimes just enough to make one share. So um, we have bins and bins of scrap leather. So I would just dig in there and, and actually, I, uh, you know what, I'm going to send you a bag of scrap leather. It's not, it, you know, it's not all, um, you know, vintage and worn. It's right, just right, right. stuff, you know, so uh, not sure it's what you're looking for, but I can send you some leather. Uh, we just have so much in the shop. I actually used to sell scrap leather on uh, my Etsy store. I have an Etsy store from the Sweet City Woman line. Um, and, uh, yeah, I sold out of it. It's just, it's really time-consuming to get all the pieces. And right, right. <laughs> I do have a lot here. I just haven't had the time to get it all together and put it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can send you some. I can send you some scrap leather if you want. That would be awesome. Yeah, I've definitely, I, I made uh, last summer, I went and took a, uh, a mommy vacation is what I call it. And I went for a weekend and took a class um, on making a leather, hand stitching and making a leather bag. And so I made my oh, own, nice. my own uh, messenger bag. And that okay. just really like, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. I'll put it that way. Like it was just yeah. something yeah. like. And so I'm, I want to get into more of that, um, probably nothing major, but just, um, just my own, I guess I still need a hobby, right? Like I'm starting, like I'm starting to turn my furniture into a business. That's where that's going. And so it's like, I still want something that's maybe more just for me and not necessarily, um, right. Sure. to send out for sale type thing right. um, and so like small leather stuff is definitely what I want to start like just kind of playing around with and experimenting right. with for, so yeah okay well I'll send you some pieces um you know they might not be big enough to make a bag unless you right. put them all together right um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah and, the, and it's upholstery leather so it's top grain so it's a little bit more uh it's it's the full grain but it's a little bit more softer than oh, something yeah, yeah. like maybe for um you know a leather uh carrier bag or something yeah, like that yeah. So, um yeah there's so many different i ask me anything about leather i know it <laughs> uh, i might yeah. i might just have to do that and um, yeah. you might after after this podcast episode airs you might be getting uh some questions from some of the followers of the podcast yeah, who are not. into leather so <laughs> 
Well, we are like at the end of the time, Roxanne. So I just want to let you have the opportunity again to like tell everyone where they can follow along with you at. Sure. Great. Thanks. Um, so um, Instagram um, and uh, blog is Sweet City Woman. Um, and sweet is spelt like apartment suite. Um, and then I have uh, Hollis Newton Canada for Instagram, hollisnewton.com for the Shopify store. And I think that is it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also right. on Facebook, but I'm hardly ever on Facebook. Like most updated stuff is going to appear on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll include links to the to Instagrams and websites <laughs> for for both of those things, so people can follow along with you. All um, right. And thanks for chatting with me today. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's it's been a pleasure. And uh, when COVID is over and the border opens up, uh, please come by. Uh, please give us a visit. And uh, yeah, it would be great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, again, that was Roxanne of Sweet City Life. I'll include the links on how you can follow along with her in the description, either on your audio podcast app or the description down below on YouTube. So I hope that you check her out and follow along with her. If you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure that you've hit subscribe on your podcast app or on YouTube. Head to iTunes, leave a five-star review. Share your favorite uh, episode, favorite new um, maker on Instagram. Just make sure that you tag at Maker Mom Podcast so I see that and I can share it as well. Um, all of that helps algorithms know that this is a podcast that you're enjoying and others might enjoy it as well. Um, also, you can go check out Patreon. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash maker mom podcast and uh, go check that out and join the tribe. There are uh, four different tier levels. A one, three, five dollar tier level comes with different merchandise and a $30 tier level makes you an official sponsor of the podcast. So you get your own ad spot plus all the merchandise. Um, but all of that gets you access to any additional content like live interviews anytime that's going on you'll have access to all of that additional content. All right, so it is Wednesday. I'm actually recording this on election day 2020 in the US, but I know all of you that listen may not be living in the US. Um, either way, when this comes out, when this releases, it will be the day after election day. I just hope all of you are staying healthy, staying safe, that your families are healthy and safe, and I will see you on Friday with a Maker Mom episode. Bye.